It's Friday night, and your work week is over. Kick back and get the latest on the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown! The 10, the 5, a pick 6 for the Colts! Get up to speed on the Colts and the NFL, starting now. And he walks into the end zone! Touchdown, I-N-D-Y! This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, we're live back at Whiskey Business, Bud Light, Pendleton Pike, and Lawrence for Colts Happy Hour. A lot of Mount Vernon love in this place today, and uh, some of that Mount Vernon love wanted me to say that Greg Blunk is in the house, and I have put in his eyeball many a three in the past. Now, I will say this. We've never played hoop together with Greg. I'd feel pretty confident in my game, however, if we did, but we have not in the past. Maybe one of these days we will. Dion's in the house, man. Good to see you. Hang out here. Sit down. Hang out. Meantime, Greg, shout out to you. Thanks for coming out there. We are here with Colts Happy Hour. Our burning question is something we've talked about all week long regarding Sam Ellinger elevated on Monday as the starter and a first-time starter against the Commanders coming up Sunday. Does this mean the team is punting the season? I've gone over this a number of times. We'll see what you think, too, at JMV 1070. That is the burning question of the day. But as we always start, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and his conversation about the quarterback change and more with that matchup with the Commanders on Sunday. Frank Reich, the Colts head coach, joins Matt. Matt, take it away. All right, thank you, JMV. It's time now for the head coach's report here on Colts Happy Hour with head coach Frank Reich. And certainly it's been an eventful week for the Colts, coach. Changing quarterback, Sam Ellinger now the starter. How was this week of practice for him preparation-wise going into his first career start? A big moment for him. It was exciting to see Sam out there, you know, dive into it, you know, play-by-play, series by series, you know, day by day during the practice. Watch watch him, um, you know, really connect with the guys, the offensive line, the receivers, the work that he put in, the extra work that he put in. It was a really, really good week. And I know you've been through this before, obviously, but fair to say some, some long days, long nights, tweaking the, the game plan to fit his skill set? No doubt. Uh, a lot of credit, you know, really to the, you know, to the offensive staff. You know, the guys really worked hard this week. Um, you know, we sat down early in the week when we, you know, when I went in and told the guys we were making this change. Okay, and what does this mean for us in game planning? Um, so we sat down early in the week, had a session. You know, just about, hey, let's yeah. let's just map this out. What's what's the vision? How's it going to change? And then how do we go about getting that ready? Every quarterback remembers their first start in the NFL. Certainly, you do. Uh, what's your message to him to to calm his nerves, to make him feel comfortable as possible going into his first start? Relax, be yourself. Don't force the big play. Let it come. Let the game come to you. You know, just make, just do what you're supposed to do. Play the play the way it's supposed to be played. I think Sam's a, a playmaking machine. You know, mm-hmm. so you don't have to try to churn out plays that aren't there. You'll you'll make the plays that you're supposed to make. So just do the little things right. Uh, make the layups mm-hmm. and uh, play good football. How has the locker room helped him and supported him so far this week in practice? I just think the guys really believe in Sam. I mean, man, that's good for us. I mean, you know, we got three quarterbacks who I think all can play winning football. Um, and so 
you guys understand that this is this is a business and even though the transition's hard you know mm -hmm. for matt and and how the guys have to you know show their respect to matt but at the same time got to get behind sam and I, that's not hard to do he, he's that kind of a leader yeah sam certainly has mobility he's got athleticism what's the balance for him trying to make plays with his feet but also trusting the game plan and also trusting his teammates to make plays yeah, just that. I mean, don't force the run. You know, keep your eyes downfield in the pocket. Um, if there's pressure and you escape, go go do it. Mm -hmm. Go do what you do. You know, make the play and get the yards you can and then get down. Don't take the big hit. Um, you know, get yards and, 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 and make plays. Um, and I think he's going to do that. I, I don't think, you know, some of that you can't coach. Some of it, that's just his mm -hmm. instincts and you trust him. On defense, you're going to get Shaq Leonard back in this game. You announced earlier that he was going to be on a pitch count or is going to be a pitch count in this game against the Commanders. And he's been through a lot. I know he's frustrated. You know, the body's just not where he wants it to be dating back to the spring. But he is going to be out there. Can you classify just the, the frustration that he has and what he's been through mentally just to get back on the field in this limited role in this game? He's excited to get back out there. Obviously frustrated. He's, you know, he, he, he wants to play every play. Yeah. You know, he wants to play every play. But, you know, he, he was respectful. He understands, you know, that we're trying to do what's best for him and what's best for the team. So, but he's, he's, the true, he's a, just a true competitor. Um, it's going to be great to see him back out there. All right, the Commanders come into this game. They're 3-4. and four. They've won back-to-back -back games. Uh, Taylor Heineke is now their quarterback. Carson Wentz banged up. He's on IR, so he's going to miss this game. But their offense, from what I can tell, it's, it's sort of like the Colts. They spread the ball around. They get a lot of guys involved. What else stands out to you about the Commanders on offense with their second-string quarterback? Yeah, exactly what you just said. I mean, they do spread it around. Of course, Terry McLaurin is, is their big play guy, but Curtis uh, Samuels, yeah. their gadget guy, you know, um, he's super fast. Uh, so is Terry McLaurin, by the way. Um, so they're dangerous. And um, as far as the quarterback play, I got a lot of respect. Mm -hmm. um, this guy's a winner. Um, I've watched him play a fair amount of football and think that he plays he, he can he's real streaky and when he gets hot yeah and you can tell he's a great leader you can tell the guys love him i mean that that's probably what i respect about him the most on defense the commanders have a very good front four they've got jonathan allen deron Payne, montez sweat they're even better when chase young comes back but what is the offensive line up against with this very formidable front four from washington very yeah i mean they're top five in pressures in fact six out of the seven teams we've played have had top five fronts um you know when you count of course the division games that we've played twice right so um i think this is making us better it's been we've had some struggles along the way but uh it's making us tougher i think we're zeroing in getting better chemistry now that we're kind of settling in with our starting five mm -hmm. and um you know, and really just expect to continue to make progress. But these, you know, two inside players are very disruptive, and then uh, they do have good edge pass rush. All right. Lastly, coach, keys of the game for you to beat the Commanders and get to uh, four, three, and one. I mean, the turnover. You know, we've been struggling in the turnover battle. Yeah. So, um, like every game, that's going to be key. We we got to win that turnover battle, right? We have to win the turnover battle. And then I really think it's going to come down to in the red zone. Um, you know, defensively, we've been doing a really good job after a slow start to the year. Mm -hmm. We've been doing a really good job down in the red zone. So we got to continue to force field goals down there. And then obviously offensively, we got to be able to move the ball down into the red zone 
and score touchdowns and and score multiple multiple touchdowns. So um, and get that run game going a little bit, right? Yeah. Get that run. It, it doesn't need to be a dominating run performance, but I always say, Matt, that the you know the perfect game is you know 125 to two uh, to 150 yards rushing and 250 to 275 yards passing. Yeah, puts you right around 400 yards. It's good balance. So be nice to get some balance back in the offense. No doubt about it. That's Frank Reich, and that's the head coach's report before the Colts take on the Washington Commanders. Coach, as always, appreciate the time, and good luck. Thanks, Matt. That's a Matt Taylor right there, the voice of the Colts and head coach Frank Reich. Caesar Sportsbook is a proud sports betting partner of the Colts as well. When we return, the ring of honor, the honoree is former left tackle and who is an absolute fantastic dude, Tyke Glenn is going to be on the show with the Goreman and Matt Taylor. That's coming up on the other side. Colts Happy Hour on a Bud Light Blue Friday. We're in Lawrence at Whiskey Business off of Pendleton Pike. We've got Commanders, Colts tickets to give away, and more. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour, heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back, Whiskey Business. We're off of Pendleton Pike on a Bud Light Blue Friday. More tickets to give away. Jamie, take over tomorrow night. B105.7. Sammy Terry's with me. It is the all-request Halloween party coming up tomorrow night on B105.7. Begins at 6 p.m. So remember, you can, if you're having a Halloween party at your place, go ahead and dial us in. Dial us in, and uh, it'll be a blast. I promise you that coming up tomorrow night. Meantime, Pacers, Wizards coming up later on tonight. Got you covered. No Rick Carlisle on the bench. A personal evening as he will attend a senior night for his daughter. So no Rick Carlisle on the bench. Pacers and Wizards coming up after us this evening. All right. Special date because this dude was a great guy and a fantastic left tackle for championship Colts teams back of the day. Tariq Glenn is going to be put into the ring of honor coming up on Sunday. And earlier this week, the Gore man and Matt Taylor had the opportunity to talk with Tariq Glenn about that honor and more. Fellas, take it away. Joining us now, one of the greatest offensive tackles to ever wear a Colts uniform. He will be remembered forever. This Sunday, Tarek Glenn goes into the ring of honor. Big man, I am so happy for you. This is long overdue. When you got the call a bit ago about you going into the Colts ring of honor at Lucas Oil Stadium, give us that first couple of minutes of what you were feeling. Man, just uh, appreciative and and, and grateful for just uh, being able to, one, just be able to play my whole career at one in one franchise, but, you know, two, just being able to be a part of a first-class franchise, playing with great players, um, developing long-lasting friendships, and then, you know, to top it off, man, to be able to, you know, be able to win a championship in Indianapolis and, and then to be honored as one of uh, the greatest Colts that played the game. Um and I, I, I'm so grateful. Yeah, we never had to worry about the left side, the blind side of Peyton with you up there. Tarek Glenn going into the ring of honor. A couple of things. Uh, the only man known on camera to actually scream at Peyton Manning and have him actually listen to him during a football <laughs> game. You remember the St. Louis run the damn ball thing. You were getting that. And you said finally to Peyton, hey, go sit down. Go sit down. We got an offensive play. And, 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 and that as well. But I want to ask you this. How did 18 – you know, first ballot Hall of Famer and everything. How did 18 – we know how you made him a better player. How did he make you a better player, Tarek? Well, I mean, Peyton is just uh, – was a great team player. And, 
um, and, and what I mean by that is that uh, he was he was very good at uh, making sure that um, everybody understood what we were doing. Um, he set the tone, um, you know, at the beginning of the week in the huddles, you know, just making sure everybody was prepared. We were clear on just like assignments um, and, and, and communicating, you know, at the line of scrimmage. I mean, if you can remember, you know, our offense was – pretty much a no-huddle offense for the majority of my career with Peyton. And um, a lot of that has to do with communication, putting us in good position to be successful. So absolutely, you know, playing with other great players like Peyton Manning um, obviously definitely contributes to uh, individual success. Tark, I want to go just talk about the honor. Uh, how excited are you for your day? The entire day is going to be about you and, and what you uh, contributed to the Colts. How excited are you for that, and, and who all uh, are you bringing with you to celebrate in your honor this weekend uh, for the Ring of Honor? Yeah, man, you know, it's really exciting because I think that, you know, uh, when you think about having a career as a professional athlete, um, you know, like I mentioned before, the majority of the time you play for multiple teams, um, you know, there's all kind of different ups and downs, highs and lows, um, but, you know, I was able and fortunate enough to play with just one team. Mm-hmm. And then um, I get an opportunity to uh, go back to, you know, the, the franchise that gave me an opportunity. Um, and not only are they honoring me, I get a chance to, you know, say thank you, you know, um, for just that opportunity. I mean, yo, I mean, it's like when I think about just kind of where I come from, you know, um, you can be talented, but if you don't get put in the right situation and people don't believe in you, um, it's hard to live into your potential. And so, um, and then, and then on top of that, the city in itself, you know, um, one of the things about uh, Indianapolis playing for the Colts is that it was like an all in franchise. You know, most of the franchises that you go to guys live there half of the time and, the other half of the time they're in California, Florida, or, you know, back at home somewhere. Whereas, you know, the majority of our guys stayed in Indy, you know, year round. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was, and, and, and so to be able to, uh, you know, be a part of a franchise that, you know, you know, I pretty much, you know, raised my family in the city of Indianapolis, got involved in the community. All of that attributes to, the success that I had on the football field, you know, I really felt a sense of pride. And when I put on the horseshoe, you know, you're not just representing, you know, your franchise, your team, your family name, you're representing the city. And so, you know, my fondest memories is, you know, winning the Super Bowl and going in the parade and just seeing it shut down the whole city and, and just, uh, and, and seeing just like as a cult, you just represent way more than just yourself or your team. You represent the whole community. And so um, to be able to go back and not only be honored, but to be able to say thank you to the city, to uh, Jim Ursay and his family, and and to all of my teammates who were part of you know my individual success. Um, I'm grateful for that. Well, Tark Glenn, we're talking to into the Ring of Honor. How does it feel after game days? You don't miss that on those Monday mornings, even Tuesday off days. Uh, you know, you guys are in bar fights forever, and you did it for a decade. That's not something you miss, right? You're obviously one of the greatest left tackles during uh, your career in the NFL. But, Tarek, I mean, I see these young kids out there that are literally just getting the snot whooped out of them in this violent game. I want to ask you, how does it feel to wake up on a Monday morning feeling pretty good? 
<laughs> exactly. You know, that's the one thing that you don't miss is just the uh, bumps and bruises that come with the long season. I and mean, it used to be 17 weeks, now 18 weeks. And so um, definitely much respect to, you know, the guys who are grinding it out, you know, week in and week out, you know, trying to, you know, uh, win games, trying to, you know, find a way to win the championship. And so, like, uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't miss that. But, I mean, I do miss a lot. You sure. know, like I miss, you know, the locker room. I miss my teammates. Um, you know, just that amount of time that you spend with guys. I mean, you never can really recreate, you know, that type of experience um, in life. And so, um, and I, and I, and I, I, I would have to say I did that with a lot of special people. So um, I really do miss that that part of the game. But, you know, at the same time, um, definitely don't miss the bumps and bruises waking up sore. For sure. I covered the locker room during your tenure. And one thing I loved about you is you were a leader, but it was more actions. When Tarek had to speak up, people listened. But it was kind of like do what he does type of thing, that leadership role. And there were a lot of alphas in that locker room as well. But you just not held your own. But it was, you know, when you felt it was time to talk, Everybody listen when, when, you know, when Tarek said, hey, guys, gather around. Yeah, you know, I think that when you think about uh, that team, um, I'll never forget when I first got there, um, you know, Marshall Falk was, you know, probably, you know, the bigger guy on the team at the time and Marvin Harrison. And, uh, and after Marshall had left to go to St. Louis, you know, we had just drafted Peyton and Edron. And, um, you know, we were a young nucleus. I mean, you know, all the core guys on Mm -hmm. our team, at least, you know. And so um, I I think, you know, we were forced to um, not only learn the game, you know, develop our confidence as players, but, you know, also just lead a locker room of young guys that they constantly were funneling in. And I just think that, um, you know, like I said before, it, it was it was just a blessing to be able to play with such, you know, competent but just quality people, you know, like every guy that we had, you know, on that on those teams that I played on were just just great dudes to play with. Um, it was easy to be a leader on that team because it was a team full of leaders, you know. Um, you know, shortly after Jeff Saturday came and you know what kind of guy that he became on for that our franchise and just even in the NFL in itself. And so you know, to you know, Colts did a great job of just bringing in quality people that you know really helped share the load of leadership, but also just you know just walking out you know really good quality uh, football. That's Tar Glenn with us. He's going to the Ring of Honor on Sunday. Uh, the former offensive tackle, and and you you talked about only playing with one franchise your entire career, and and I call. You know, that era that you played in, the era of greatness. And you're going to be one of eight members, Manning, Jeff Saturday, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Edron James, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, Tony Dungy, Bill Polian. Did you realize back then, Tarek, I know it's it's tough to say, but did you realize back then how special of a time that was with all of that talent on the same field or in the, in the front office? Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, at, at one point, man, we were winning games like we were winning like twelve, thirteen games. Like, not to say that it was easy, but to to it really felt like, man, we had like a grip on, you know, like really knowing how to win. And I think, um, 
you know, I think that that was special, and and I think that it was it, it wasn't something that we knew at the time, but it, but at the same time, I was definitely aware of the fact that we were good because you know the way teams would scheme and play us and 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 really you know really build their franchises to to beat us or even mimic some of the things that we were doing and so um yeah i think we were definitely aware that we were good but i think in terms of the greatness of things you don't really know when you're really trying to get better every day that at the end of it all you know it's going to attribute to greatness i mean mm-hmm. a lot of a big part of greatness is consistency you know, it's like, bro, you didn't, didn't mi- hey, you, you didn't miss games. You want to talk about consistency? That's one of the <laughs> things that nobody talks about. Tark Glenn missed very few games yep. in a decade of football. I think it's only like six games uh, for your career, right, Tark? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was gonna say, man. It's like you can't really like predict that, or sometimes even control that. And so, like, you know, that that was like, you know, grace and blessing and covering over a lot of us that played on that team that we, we very seldom got hurt. And I think it just speaks to a lot also just the fact that guys took care of themselves. You know, they were just, you know, really committed and dedicated to the craft and really enjoyed being, you know, uh, around each other and, and making each other better. And so I think that that, that that kind of speaks to why, you know, maybe in that era so many guys – you know, rose up to the top to be, you know, exceptional players. Yeah. He made Peyton Manning a better one, Tarek Glenn, going into the ring of honor. Uh, Dream Alive, off the field, this is a huge part of your life. It's something you started years ago. It's still running strong. Get us caught up to date on the foundation. Man, the foundation is thriving. Uh, I'm so proud of Eric Mueller, executive director. Um, The organization, you know, uh, has staff and um, volunteers who really are continuing to like, you know, serve our community, um, serve the inner city of Indianapolis, you know, these young people that we uh, mentor uh, for Dream Alive, you know, really have grown up, gone to college, and now in return come back to really be a part of our organization in, in, in a lot of different ways, whether, you know, on the board, serving, or, um, you know, just being, you know, supporters and advocates of what we're doing. And, um, yeah, so, like, to see where Dream Alive is, is, again, another thing that, like, I'm super proud of. It's, it's, it's a way in which I can, you know, at least, you know, you know, say thank you to the city of Indianapolis because, I mean, I feel like that the platform that I was given, you know, um, to play football and to really provide for my family you know, transcended, you know, you know, you know, what I could do on the football field. It, it, it allowed me also to, you know, try to like build and sow into people and communities and, and, and to see that Dream Alive, you know, continues to do that even on a greater level and a greater scale than what we did when I was there um, just speaks to the type of people that have, you know, partnered with my wife and I to really, 
um, you know, make an impact in the city of Indianapolis. Well, you obviously did that, and you make an impact on the West Coast as well. Tarek Glenn, one of the greatest to play the position, obviously made everyone around him better. That includes Dwight Freeney. That includes Reggie Wayne. That includes Edger and James and, of course, Peyton Manning. It's fun watching you work. I can't wait. You're going to find out, Tarek. I, this is not a prediction. This is fact. They're going to blow the roof off of Lucas Oil Stadium when they announce you into that ring of honor on Sunday. It's going to be something hopefully you'll never forget because I'm going to have some chills out there watching you 78 uh, man it's gonna be great to be back at home no doubt uh in in the dome and and i can't wait to see you guys and and, and be a part of uh, uh the celebration i am speaking on behalf of colts nation here thank you sir yeah thank you for what you've done thank you for what you've done for this community in indianapolis the impact you made there uh, and obviously the impact that you made on the football field. Tarek Glenn, yeah, one of my well favorite deserved. Colts of all time, a, an honor that is well overdue. And I tell you what, you're going to look good in that blue jacket, sir. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate you guys. Tarek Glenn right there with the fellas, Centerpoint Energy, a proud sponsor of the 2022 Coach of the Week program. This week's coach, Brian Parker of Hanover Central High School after his Wildcats improved a 10-0 on the season, knocking off Rensselaer Central 38-10, matching the school's longest win streak since 2016. And to learn more about the program, please visit Colts.com slash high school football today. Rick Venturi on the other side. There's going to be a lot to get to with the former NFL coach and radio analyst. Rick joins us coming up next. This reminder as well. The Colts audio network includes podcasts, radio shows, player interviews, and more on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you download podcasts. You can listen to SiriusXM on the mobile app and search Colts to find what you need. Listen to exclusive Colts radio and audio content on demand and stay up to date with the Colts on your schedule. All right, other side, Rick Venturi and so much more. It is the Colts Happy Hour live from Whiskey Business. Pendleton Pike in Lawrence, Bud Light, Blue Friday, 93.5107.5, the fan. No show talks more about the Colts than this one. This is the Colts Happy Hour on 93.5107.5, the fan. Oh, Sunday is the time. Commanders, Colts, Rick Venturi's breakdown in a second. Meantime, the form credit union question of the week. Sam Ellinger is one of three quarterbacks in college football history. To throw for 11,000 yards and run for 1,500 yards. Now, who are the other two quarterbacks? I think I have an idea. We'll find out if you do as well. Forum Credit Union's fan forum section of Colts.com. You can find it there. Interact with other fans online. Post a topic and go to work on opinions and more. The Forum Credit Union always helping members live their financial dreams. Been waiting on this, haven't you? From the radio network to former coach. Rick Venturi joins Matt Taylor to talk about what it's going to take to get a win and what we're going to see on Sunday. Fellas, take it away. All right, thank you, JMV. It's time for some inside football here on Colts Happy Hour with Rick Venturi. Let's break out the blueprints for the Colts to get a win on Sunday with a new quarterback at the helm. Let's start first, though, with the commanders on offense. They're guided by O.C. Scott Turner, who's the son of former head coach Norv Turner. And they're, they're kind of like the Colts on that side of the ball. They get a lot of players involved. They've used four tight ends, four running backs, a lot of receivers. Obviously, they're on their second quarterback. Uh, their best skill players are Terry McLaurin, who went to Cathedral, won a state championship. Every year he was there in Indianapolis, he was named Indiana Mr. Football back in 2013. He ranks third in franchise history in receiving yards in a player's first three seasons. Antonio Gibson at running back, he can catch it, he can run it. 
He himself coming off a 1,000-yard season last year, and he's looking to become the first Washington player to record 2,500 rushing yards and 100 receptions within his first three seasons. They've also got Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson, very good players on the outside. Logan Thomas, their starting tight end, he's been banged up, so they've turned to John Bates and Cole Turner in that regard. Uh, but their Achilles heel, Rick, is their offensive line. Yep. They've allowed 24 sacks on the season, just like the Colts. They haven't held up in pass protection, trying to figure that out. What else are you looking at when the commanders have the ball on Sunday against the Colts? Number one, no rushing game whatsoever. Number two, know the receivers like I just talked about. Know what they're going to do. What they, they, He really specializes, just like his father did. They specialized receivers on what their role is within the offense. You know that. Match up properly. Take them away. You know, with the exception of Dotson, Slats, Brown, their two best receivers are really good, but they're not super fast. They're not blazing. So, again, I'd like Gilmore on McLaren outside, and I would like more on, uh, <clears throat> on, on the slot on Samuel. Again, third and five to eight when money's on the table, get a double on Samuel in that situation. All right, number three, get ahead in the count. Assume we do the first two, get ahead in the count and then kill this offensive line. I think Charles, the right guard, number 77, I think he's the worst in the league. I think if we can get Buckner on him, number one, or then number two, get him on left guard, Norwell, I don't think either guy can block him. I think both tackles struggle with speed, so give them athleticism, get them up and come in, different things athletically, and then their center, is is a guy that has trouble with strength, you know. So <laughs> let's just have Grover either drive him to Shapiro's or take him to Monument <laughs> Circle. I mean, just just drive, you know, like he did in that Detroit. I practice think he's capable day. of doing that, right? He is capable of doing that, but you gotta you gotta win those battles. And then uh, number four, uh, you gotta win in the red zone. They play very very good in the red zone. They are a hard match, what we call match four team quarters across the board, and they do a real good job on your wide receivers, on your two threes, on your two and ones to the outside. Where they're vulnerable, even on man coverage, is on the number three receiver. Just like we hit last week, uh, we hit uh, Paris on what I call a shave route. The two outside guys come in, and he runs to the corner. Number three runs to the corner. I've always called that a shave route because they shave the end line. And I think that is there along with what we call the three-nod where you fake like you're going to go out and then you come right back in the middle because they will undress number three in their coverage, uh, both man and zone. So, again, you got to get in there and score in the red zone. And I think, finally, you know, mix and pressure uh, Heineke. I, I, he, you know, force him into bad decisions. His quarterback, his touchdown quarterback rating is like 22-16. and 16. He – will force the ball, and he does have the ability to throw it away and get some picks. So, you know, he's very capable of turning into a pumpkin. So let's let's strike midnight and turn him into a pumpkin. No doubt about it. Good Halloween reference right there. That's Rick Venturi. <laughs> I'm Matt Taylor. Uh, this is Inside Football. All right, let's switch over to the commanders on defense. That unit 
guided by former Jaguars head coach Jack Del Rio. He's bounced around the NFL in recent years. Uh, the Commanders giving up only 22 points per game, and they've allowed just 28 points combined in the last two games going into this one. Uh, the passing defense has been a liability, especially giving up touchdowns. They've allowed 14 touchdowns already on the season. Uh, but the one area that they are elite in, third down. They rank number two in the NFL in that regard. In fact, the other day, uh, they held the Packers to just 0 for 6. 0 for 6 on third down, 0 for 1 on fourth down in their win at home. And uh, as we stated earlier, Jonathan Allen, a beast at defensive tackle, ranks first in the NFL among defensive tackles and quarterback hits since the start of last season and his 27 sacks since 2018, fifth most among defensive tackles in that span. Uh, Cole Holcomb, pretty good linebacker. They like to blitz him on passing downs. The secondary gets a lot of action. They play a lot of players, and they primarily play nickel in the secondary most of the game, again, intermixing a lot of different uh, players and personnel in the back end. But, but what else does Sam Ellinger and the Colts offense, Rick, need to know about the commander's defense in this game? This team, again, is tough in three areas. Third down, number two in the league, red zone, top ten, and they can rush the passer, top ten. Now, as far as the must, and again, I think we it's kind of the reverse of our defense. We must win first down, and we must stay ahead of the count. And you do that different ways. I think you have to have smart runs. you got to be able to run the ball at them. Now, what I mean by smart runs, because those tackles are interchangeable, you want to run some powers to the tight side where you double the three, regardless of who it is, whether it's Payne or whether it's Allen. Now, when you run back to the bubble against this team, instead of just running zone back there and let Allen get in your backfield like Grover does to us, do what I call C blocking. Block the guard down on him and pull Kelly around so they exchange so you don't give him the advantage of running down the line. That's what I mean by smart runs. Also, take your tight ends, two tight ends to one side at times, shift them over like um, Jacksonville did to us, make them run that nickel over, and then hit right where that right where that new strength is. Reverse quickly early in the game to slow down their um, their flow. Now, the one big changeup that he uses if you're running the ball, he will put a five-man front in the game and run the double sink that everybody, you know, it's the defense of the year. And what they do, they substitute. They put five guys five guys down, and then they either have two linebackers and four backs, or they go 5-1-5, five, five, depending on the situation. But that's if you're, if you're gashing them on the run or you're hurting them, you're going to see that thing right away. So I think that's, that's number one. Number two is you've got to get those two interior guys blocked. It's just like, you know, it's like last week. We talked about it. You've got to get Simmons blocked. You've got to get Autry blocked. And, you know, when you don't do it, we pay the consequences. And it's the same thing with these two guys, with Allen and, 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 and Payne. They have seven and a half sacks combined. It's a dynamic twosome on third down. And basically, they are a power rush team, even on the outside uh, with Sweat, and Smith Williams, they are they like to power you. They're big guys that can physically crush the pocket. But when they look at our film, you know that they're gonna bring that fifth guy. They're gonna bring Holcomb in there just like the Titans, you know, bring long all day. And then when they do that, Matt, they're gonna twist because they know they got you one on one, bringing five. And so you're gonna see Texas and Toms and inside twists. So we have to be alert for that. And again, if we get in a disadvantage, 
If we have to take the sack, do not turn it over. Number three, attack their two-corner. I think Fuller is pretty solid. I want to go after St. Juice number 25. He was the nickel because they had so much trouble at the two-corner. They made him the two-corner. I think you can go after him. And what I want to do is isolate him outside with Pierce, nobody else. I want Pierce on him like we did uh, in Jacksonville against Griffith, and I want to take my shots. I want to get after him in the deep part of the field one-on-one and take my shots and take enough of them. If I, if I hit two shots out of seven throws, that's 14 points right there. So you don't have to be high percentage. Let's just go after him throw it where we can get it and they can't get it, then I think you can throw underneath their coverage. I think, you know, they play fairly soft on first down at the corner position. They're naked at the corner. So I think you can throw underneath them. And then you have to have what I call your four beaters, cover four beaters deep, which are double post, the scissors where you run the the Z out in post, the slot to the corner. That kind of screws up the corners. And then you run layers on them. And then I think you can work them underneath. Number four must work them underneath because most of their coverage, when you think about this, when you're playing four deep across the board or man-free, that's really four guys. And then you have a bunch of linebackers underneath, linebackers and dimes. And there's really only usually three guys, not to oversimplify it. So a lot of your underneath routes, your your options, your what I call your jerk routes, all those things that go underneath, and then play action and bring guys underneath bootlegs. You know, particularly now with um, with Sam bootlegs and bring guys across yeah. when you get those linebackers moving, and now you go. I think that is really uh, bigger than ever. And then when you get what we, what we want to do, we want to be in a crusade to get be third down in one to five. That's where you want to be. You don't want to be third and nine where you got to take time, where you have to have a lot of protection. If we go third and three, four all day, now we can run rollouts, we can run boots, we and they're going to be in heavy man-to-man coverage. We can run all those crossing things that we do really well and get the ball to Pittman. So, again, be ready to go. And then I would say this, too. Now that we have Sam at quarterback, if it's third and long, they like to play two man, which is that means they take everybody takes a man and they play double high safeties behind it. They take away your inside crossing routes and everything and try to rush with four. The problem is if you have a running quarterback and he sees that coverage, yeah. the first crack he he sees, he can take it and run it. And that's and that's important because that's a hard coverage to throw into. It's a stuff you coverage, but the downside is when I was a defensive coordinator, it, you, it was scary to play against terrific athletes at quarterback. So, again, Sam, don't be afraid to use your legs. I mean, I think you'll do it instinctively. I don't think I have to tell you that because right. we've seen it. So, I mean, I think that's critical. And, again, that that's what we have to do. You know, at the end of the day, my big three when I evaluate a team is points given up, QBR, and turnover ratio. And, honestly, we should win this game. I mean, Washington is 19th. In points given up at 22.5, their QBR, it's only one game, but it's basically that way, 39.9. And their turnover ratio is minus five, number 31. So, again, there are a lot of reasons that we should, you know, get on top in this game. Halfway through the second quarter. Oh, 
Hey, Colts Happy Hour brought to you by Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of the Colts, a proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor and the Gore Man with a guy that's coming on, Paris Campbell, on the other side of Colts Happy Hour, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We're talking all things Colts on the Colts Happy Hour heading into the weekend on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And we're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment count. Your form credit any question of the week. Sam Ellinger, one of three QBs in college football history to throw for 11,000 yards and 1,500 he had in rushing yards. Who are the other two? Dan Lefevre, um, or it might be Lafour. I can't remember exactly how to pronounce his last name. Remember the quarterback for Central Michigan? I think it's Lefevre. From 06 to 09, Colt McCoy did it also at Texas back from 2006 through 2009. All right, up next, the Gore Man and the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, with a guy that is coming on. And you can tell Paris Campbell, wide receiver of the Colts with the fellas. Guys, go ahead. Let's say hi to Paris Campbell. I'm glad that Hello, you're in Paris. Paris, I'm glad you're here, bro. We're seeing what you are capable of doing at this level. I mean, just last game, we got 10 receptions, 70 yards total. Uh, we see the separation. You've been a big target for Matt Ryan now for the past few weeks and really coming on. Individually, we're going to get to the team in a minute, mm-hmm. but individually, what's different about this year? I know your health is impacted uh, in years past and stuff, but you're really showing a difference this year. Yeah, um, I'm obviously number one is health. Um, that's just been allowing me to be out there for my teammates and be at, um, be able to make plays. Um, but number one thing for me is my confidence, man. Mm-hmm. My confidence is through the roof right now. And um, being able to, you know, put together um, a string of games has just boosted it even more. Um, but I thank God, man, that I'm, I'm healthy and I'm out there and available. I want to stay there for a minute before we get into this season. There's been some dark clouds over your career, and yeah. I know you've had some long winters, some long off-seasons. How gratifying is this for you? Dude, you are making an impact. You're yeah. on highlights all across the NFL. Yeah. Now it's finally here. How does that impact you? You know, um, it's crazy because, um, you know, I'll be lying if I say it, it doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other end of that, like, it's just so much more that I want to do in this league, um, and there's so much more that I know that I'm capable of. And yeah. you know, I didn't go through everything that I went through just to have a couple good games. Sure, you know, I, I went through that and I persevered through that and overcame that to um, have a good career. That's Paris Campbell with us, Colts wide receiver. I want to double back to your confidence because I remember we had you in this room, this studio back in the off season. I think it was like May or June, and you mm-hmm. said then that there were parts of your game because of your injuries that the fan base hasn't been able to to see yet. You yeah. haven't been able to display that, but you are this year. I mean, the last two games, as Jeffrey said, 17 catches, 127 yards, two touchdowns. Do you feel like you're proving who you really are and what you've been capable of? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and just uh, my role in the offense. Um, you mm-hmm. know, obviously we can all kind of see that displaying and developing. Right. Um, but just being able to get the ball in my hands, man, and – you know, get yards at the catch, get tough yards at the catch, make tough catches. Um, I mean, the whole nine, um, you know, I believe in myself um, so much. Like, I have so much belief in myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm blessed with these great talents and gifts from, from God. Um, and, you know, I've, I've just been able to display those yeah. while healthy. So Again, two touchdowns in back-to-back games. First time in your career, a touchdown in back-to-back games. But particularly that, that touchdown in Jacksonville. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how the heck you, you pulled that off. How, mm-hmm. how did you get – You're in midair, you've got one body part out of bounds, a couple of inbounds, you're stretching yeah. the ball across the pylon. How did you have the presence of mind and the athleticism to pull that off? Yeah, uh, well, 
I, I honestly I just knew the situation. Yeah. Um, you know, offense we kind of it started off slow that game and we, we needed a spark. Um, you know, I knew it was third down. Um, I didn't know how how far I was from the end zone, but I knew I was close enough. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, <laughs> and you know, soon as soon as soon as Matt got the ball out to me, man, like it just kicked in that I I had to some way somehow yeah. find a way to get that spark for my team. Oh, yeah, yeah. did it. So. That was great. Love watching the athleticism of Paris Campbell. Now let's get to it. Right now we got a new situation here in yeah. Indianapolis. The man you just spoke of, Matt Ryan, no longer leading this offense. Sam Ellinger comes in, a second year man out of Texas. Uh, the team now we're talking about. How's this yeah. going to affect the offense? And I know it's early in the week, but what's mm-hmm. what's the attitude back there in the locker room? Uh, I mean, we're excited. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, things with Matt, you know, they are what they are. And, you know, everyone feels a certain way about that. But, um, you know, we got we to gotta move forward and we got to be excited because um, there's new opportunity. Sure. Um, you know, Sam Sam's a great quarterback. He's a great person. Um, we like what he brings to the table as an offense. We know. Mm-hmm. Um, what you know. is that? I got to stop you there. What is that? Tell <laughs> I mean, me. I think, tell I, me what you like about this cat because he doesn't get a lot of first, second team reps yeah, in the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, I think we've seen it in the preseason, and obviously, you know, you can say, you know, everyone's not on the field in the sure. preseason, but yeah, um, just him being able to extend plays. Yeah, um, we've seen that. You're right. Out, you know, saying get out the pocket. Arm strength's improved as well. Absolutely. Um, and you know, he he's he's worked his butt off. Like, you can see it each and every day, even when he wasn't the guy. You know, he just continued to work. Um, you know, I think that's going to pay off for him. Paris, with Sam, how can you help him during this transition? Yeah, man, just just being a guy, you know, that's obviously showing up on the field for him. Uh, but it goes further than that off the field, you know. Uh, talking with him, making sure we're always on the same page. Um, you know, if, if, if he sees something, just making sure that, like I said, we're on the same page. But... Um, I just want to be like a vessel for him, um, mm-hmm. someone he can lean on, you know, because it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. That, we we nope. all know it's not going to be easy and mistakes are going to be made and yeah. there's going to be bad plays and um, he just can't he can't get too high. He can't get too low. He's going to have to stay the course, um, believe and trust the guys around him because we believe and trust in him. Um, and that goes for the coaches as well. Uh, we just got to be there for him right. and uh, let him know that, you know, we believe in him. Hey, uh Say, Paris Campbell has been playing well as of late. That's him with the Goreman and Matt Taylor right there. Colts happy hour. Yeah, we're live in Lawrence today at Whiskey Business, getting ready to close things out on what has been a fantastic Bud Light Blue Friday. Okay, what you're going to expect coming up tomorrow and then Sunday as well with me. I'll tell you about that and get you set for some Pacer hoopage coming up here at the top of the hour as well. You've got the Pacers on the road in Washington. Got you covered right here. But this, before that, is Colts Happy Hour, 93.5107.5. Fan. We now return to the Colts Happy Hour, an inside look at the Colts on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Whiskey Business has been outstanding. I want to thank them for having us here for the last Nearly four hours on Pendleton Pike. Great place for great food. Ice cold Bud Light. Our friends from Zinc, outstanding as well. And uh, we're going to get you set for Pacer Hoops coming up at the top of the hour. FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today. Make every moment more here on Colts Happy Hour. Tomorrow, Jamie Takeover, 6 until midnight. It is me in what is, I don't know if it's notoriously, but... Yeah, we'll say notoriously because it's always kind of notorious a little bit, right? The all-request Halloween show from 6 until midnight coming up tomorrow night. And you're going to get a lot of input from one Sammy Terry coming up tomorrow night. That's the JMV all-request JMV takeover, the Halloween party coming up tomorrow night, 6 until midnight. That is right 
next door at B105.7. So if you're having a Halloween party, yeah, don't go with the same old, same old as your background soundtrack or have somebody you don't trust be the DJ. You trust me, right? And you trust those that call in to do the DJ work. And I got you covered. Our Halloween party, it's an annual event coming up tomorrow night, 6 until midnight. The JMV takeovers on B105.7. 12.30 for me on Sunday. That's the ride to kickoff from the Bullseye Event Center. Then the doors open up to the bullseyeeventgroup.com Colts VIP tailgate presented by Hayes and Sons Restoration. Then you go in, you eat, and you drink. DJ Skids will be there. DJ Helicon will be there. At that point, though, I go to Touchdown Town for what is going to be the Colts pregame huddle for two hours. That's me, Gorman, Joe Wrights, and Bill Brooks from Touchdown Town coming up on Sunday. After that, countdown to kickoff. And then Sam Ellinger, his first ever starts under center for the Colts. The Commanders and the Colts coming up on Sunday afternoon. Kyle, great job out of you. And Cam, great job from you. Olivia, fantastically done as well. Up next, Pacers try to get a road win. That's game three of a five-game road trip in Washington. We've got all the sights and the sounds for you coming up next right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Enjoy the game.